Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never ever about food, or weight, never ever, not even, one time, not ever, ever, ever. Hello, my name is Laura Lee Rourke, and we're going to be talking about fullness today on the It's Not About Food podcast. And the start of the program is always on the body love card. So the picture of the card is the goddess is sort of sitting back from the table with her hands on her tummy, with her feet up, and the power animal deer dog thing is laying there and everybody looks it's a very satisfying picture it feels like everybody's full everybody's full of themselves and full of life or full of rest or whatever and just kind of hanging out a little bit so the back of the card is fullness is the bodily experience of having just enough to eat not too much and not too little When we slow down, stay conscious, and go within, we can hear or feel this natural bodily sensation. Every person experiences fullness differently, and some of us have learned to ignore the signal. To experience fullness, you may need to practice listening to your body. The lesson I get from this card, I think, is that it really is much more than just bodily sensation of fullness of eating. It's more like a fullness of being, of when we take up our own space within our own self and let go of everything that's coming in and trying to take our space away from us, or we allow that to happen, I think. But for me, to be full of me means that It's much more easier to manage my own thoughts, my own self, rather than things that people have told me or things that are put on me or sort of the way that I feel like when I was little, I was kind of tossed and turned by what the bigger people did all the time. So now as an adult, if I'm just full of me, I can then choose where to go and what to do and experience that, what I really truly need and want to do, listening to my own self, body, mind, and spirit. I am so pleased to have Kathy Ann come on the show today to share her idea of fullness and what she thinks about that. And I'll let her introduce herself and tell us what she's been doing lately. Hi, Laura Lee. So excited to be a part of your podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me. So I'm Kathy Ann Intamin, and I am a practicing marriage family therapist associate. So I'm very close to getting my license after 25 to 30 years of working in mental health. Presently, I'm working in the school district. So I've worked with families and kids, grade school, as well as high school and middle school, uh, most recently with the little ones and virtually. So having to kind of tackle that COVID thing and doing the Zoom stuff with kids has been a little more challenging. But I like working with a whole range of people. Really enjoyed when I did some private practice work, working with couples and found that that was really a place I felt like I was doing really purposeful work. I would have never imagined I could 
slap up my name on something and people would come in and share themselves with me like such an honor and still does. So anyway, that's a little bit about me. (laughs) So I love the idea of that you've been working for 20 or 25 years to get your license. (laughs) (laughs) Never a moment too soon. Good for you doing this. It's so inspiring that you've just kept on trudging along and doing what you wanted to do. I sort of made a commitment to myself that I would eventually get my license. Way goes to way. And, you know, I worked in the correctional system for 25 years and uh, was a counselor there. Had a family and my kids are grown and it's time to really sort of focus on completing that and having that be something that's fulfilling for me, adding to fullness. Yes. So... When you decided to talk about this card today, you said some really interesting stuff of how you were holding this idea of fullness. So I wonder if you'll just explain that a little bit. I was going through the cards and then I woke up this morning and that fullness kept resonating with me. And I sort of got a little judgment about fullness and why is that one an important one for me? There were so many, quite frankly, more attractive cards, I thought, but For me, the fullness card spoke a little bit to the physical fullness, and I've never really practiced when I'm eating, physically being full. I eat really fast. I was raised in a family of all brothers, and there wasn't much money, and if you didn't eat fast, you didn't get it, right? So I learned that very young, that there wasn't enough. The rest of my life, I've been sort of adjusting to that eating slower, less distracting. And sometimes I'm good at it, and sometimes I'm really not good at it. So the physical aspect of listening to my body, slowing down, enjoying my food. And I am a foodie. I love food. I I enjoy it. You know, I've had experiences with my children have to tell me, even when they were children, they would say, Mommy, slow down. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> they would look at me and say, slow down, slow down, mommy. Like they would notice it, right? So that was sort of a physical aspect. But the more I thought about the card, it really expanded sort of existentially to having enough, being enough, there is enough, things like that. How do I fill up the parts of me that are uh, yearning for purpose and pleasure and intellectual stimulation and emotionality? And how do I fill all that up? How do I feel full? How do I know when I'm full? I think these are great questions. And you do have to slow down to really feel that. I don't know about you, but like the last thing I wanted to do was feel any of this crap. (laughs) I didn't want to feel it. (laughs) And I didn't want anyone to tell me to slow down or to. And I definitely came from the kind of family that there was not enough. There was not enough love. There was not enough money. There was not enough food. There was not enough anything, really feel like I was a little greedy ghost trying to get as much stuff as I could all the time. And that's the hard way to live your whole life, really is. Yeah, it is an odd connection. I was sort of thinking about my childhood and I've always been one of these people that says, well, you know, that was then and I'm moving forward. And I had a lot of great time in my childhood, but there were places where things were not enough. We were an unusual family where my parents weren't together. Everybody else's family was together. So I remember my mother fiddling around with the electricity to make it work again because she didn't pay the bill. And I remember running out of heat in New York. I'm a New Yorker and uh, her having to open the oven door and heat up the kitchen so that when we woke up, it was warm in the wintertime. And so these things were sort of commonplace. And 
as I grew into my adulthood, I never am going to be hot enough. I'm never going to be cold enough. I'm always going to have the heat on, the air condition on, whatever I need. The refrigerator is always full. And I raise my kids in a way that they don't know what I need. So, so afraid that they wouldn't have enough, right? So that, that sense of not having enough. But, but I, when I look at the card, I also see words like, am I satisfied? Do I want more? And that is kind of like how life rolls. Am I satisfied? Do I want more? Do I not want this? What do I want? And during the pandemic, it's been such an insightful period for all of us to sort of know and learn about, wow, we have to listen inside a little bit more. We're going to go crazy. And is this enough? Because this is all there is. You can't go anywhere. Now it's opening up a lot more, but for a while there, sort of another day just stuck in the house. And how do I do that without driving myself crazy about that? And being okay with the little that we were doing. Because I am a kind of a go and just do a whole bunch of stuff. But when I couldn't do that, it was a good lesson for me. I hope I remember this lesson for a while. I hope I do too, because I had a couple of trips planned, one of which was a Europe trip in May, you know, my first world problems where I can't <laughs> go on my trip to Europe. Yeah, and that is kind of what has always been it for me. I really love going to new places and being around different things. I set my life up so I can travel. And to not have that experience, is, I, I felt sort of a little bit empty from that. What do I do to fill that or add to it? Yeah. So how did you get through it? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's interesting. Well, it's been a kind of a reflective time. I've done some reading. I've listened to podcasts. I've done puzzles. That is the weirdest thing. I never did puzzles as a kid. And I have found that I really have enjoyed doing puzzles. So it's (laughs) kind of worked my brain a little bit. It's kind of given me some brain work that I felt like I needed. That's so great. For me also, I've really been able to check in and see with who I check in with and who checks in with me. Yeah. So it's kind of evaluating who's really important, who I'm important too. That's been interesting, Lauralee. It has been interesting for me too. And did your girls come back from school or did they stay where they were? Or? They did come back for a few days at a time. And that was interesting too, because my older daughter lives in Portland and she is living up there and she is someone who's always been very easy for me to be around. And I found it to be challenging for us to be around each other at times because I wanted her to check in with me more. I, I know that I'm feeling that way as my kids get older. I want them to check in with me. Like, I feel like I did my work and now it's time for you to check in with me. And I think that falls into that feeling of like wanting that in return. And so we had a couple of conversations that were challenging about her asking about me and being present for other people. I mean, they're young. My kids are 20 and 23. I did get to go to Berkeley yesterday and see my youngest one after she told me she was negative for the virus. Oh, good. (laughs) I went and spent some time with her, and I did really notice that she is a checker in her. How good that felt to have her ask me about me. Yeah, it does. It feels really good. And I know that for me, the same kind of thing is I wanted people to be checking in with me but I noticed that I didn't really want to check in with many people. <laughs> I 
Well, that's being honest. I, 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 I can relate to that a little bit. Yeah. I wanted people to be like, how are you? And But I would think I should call this person. And there was a malaise that I kind of feel like sometimes I got into of, I just want to like not do anything. I also realized that I have been doing stuff for a very long time. I started working at 12. So to have this kind of time off, it just took me a while to get my groove in that. I felt like, well, I should be sick if I'm going to hang around this much. (laughs) It was just very weird to see all the different ways this whole pandemic has shaped our lives. Yeah, determining what's important to you. I've always known that having free time is important to me, and I had the benefit of retiring early and working part-time. So I love having free time. It's really easy for me to really do nothing. (laughs) But I have to be careful. I have to be careful of that because then I don't feel fulfilled enough. I have to find things that kind of work for me, you know, like my work. And my work is important to me. And doing it a little differently with the school district wasn't as fulfilling. Doing Zoom with children. No, it's so true. I mean, I've been doing Zoom with clients and I'm so grateful that they're able to do that. But I realize I'm a real touchy-feely person. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to look in their face as they're talking and really feel what it feels like energetically to be in the room with them. So yeah, it's a very odd thing. But it's been easy to be judgmental, too. Like when I'm wearing my mask and I'm going into the store or something and and I see people without masks, all of a sudden I've got what I call my eye roll. (laughs) (laughs) They can't see my mouth, but they must see my eyes rolling. Like, how dare they not have a mask? It's like all of a sudden I feel like I have to be in control of everybody else's experience there. I know. I feel like a lot of us, our inner hall monitors are coming out. I saw these people and they were not 12 feet apart. But (laughs) Tell on them. Again, it's sort of like this is the kind of stuff we do rather than feel scared or worried or angry or tired or whatever, bored. We want to feel this other bigger thing that feels a lot better than, wow, I am really scared of how much people are suffering with this, and I don't want to suffer too. So if we go back to the card of being full enough within ourselves and being enough and having enough within ourselves, we don't so much go to the hall monitor. (laughs) I'm going to check out everybody else's thing. Yes, we don't go to the hall monitor. We kind of have to check inside about us. That's the big challenge, and we have all this time and space to do it. And when I look at the card, and what's interesting, when you were reading the card, and the person on the front is sort of sitting back, and in your thoughts was looking satisfied. And I was having a moment like, well, are they open to more? Was there more? And I wasn't even thinking about the food, because the tray and everything was by. But there was a sense of like contemplation, like, okay, well, what's next? And what do I need to do for myself? When I think of fullness, I... I think of all of those things. Like, what would be next? I mean, maybe next is taking a nap, or maybe next is making that phone call, or writing, or writing the next novel. I always think that's going to be my next. It looked like there was some contemplation, or do I want more? And should I stop now? And there's nothing wrong with resting and, and being rested and comfortable. But there's also that part of me that likes to see what's coming up next. What's next in my life? And 
what's that about for me? Um, and I think that like raising my children, I know they're just sort of freaked out a little bit sometimes when they think I'm being a little bit harsh about expecting them to have grown-up conversations with me. <laughs> but I expect that expectation that they will now be an adult and have those kind of conversations with me. Yeah, that's an interesting thing during the time home to about parenting and that sort of thing. Well, you're brand new in having this, all the little birdies leaving the nest. It's not been that long, so... You're not quite used to having that, and there's a process, right? So, like for me, it took me a long time to realize that my son just didn't want to hang out with me every minute of every day now that he was gone and had a girlfriend. Right. <laughs> it's like, well, well, you're not cool. I mean, I'm the cool parent. not cool. But he also needed to do that. He needed to fly away. I understand, and cats in the cradle and all that. Yeah, love the flyaway. I'm so happy they fly away. This is the big joke with my friends. It's like they're talking about, oh, I have a friend that's getting ready to send her second and last child off to college, and she's a nervous wreck about it. I'm like, are you kidding? This is great. <laughs> I mean, I feel fortunate my kids are close enough that I can get to them in a day's drive. Yeah, that's a very big thing. So I love that image that you had of like the goddesses sort of sitting back on the fullness card and thinking about what's next. What's next is maybe taking a nap or maybe writing the next novel. So the world is open, but there is enough. There is enough for her to be able to do anything that she wants to do. I love that idea. You are inspiring us yourself of getting your license after this many years. It's so beautiful that there is enough, enough time for you to do it and enough space to do it and enough interest to do it. So great. Yeah, well, thanks. And I feel like I'm in a place in my life in terms of my own maturity that I can really be open to what other people share in a less judgmental way. And yeah, I feel very comfortable in an environment with other people that way. And that's interesting to me. I don't know how I got to that, but because I didn't see myself necessarily doing it that way. Yeah, it's been really nice. The fullness is for everybody to realize that it's not about age or as I'm aging, I I see so many opportunities for me that I wouldn't have even stepped into when I was 20 or 30 or 40. No, I was way too busy working to have a lot of this. Right, or parenting or developing a relationship or... I love what you said about this first world problem of not being able to go on a trip. And I realized I love to travel so much, but I had to sort of travel around my house the last few months, you know. It's like, what's in this drawer? Ah! I better got to go to places I hadn't seen in a really long time, like the closet and stuff. Well, I was so. in, like the closet, I know. <laughs> like I have a swimming pool, like go in a swimming pool. Yeah, um, yeah like a place I don't go in regular. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Travel in yeah. your home. Right, right. Yeah, it's been, and, and I've gotten to spend a, a lot of time with my wife. We've gotten to spend a lot of time together and we have two homes, as you know. Yeah. 
So we have sort of a unique relationship that way where she lives in another home and we get to come together and do perpetual dating. That's the best. That's the best. Everybody has their own home. for me and her. So people still get thrown about it. Like, okay, the kids are grown. Are you all going to live together? No, this really works. We've gotten to see some of our differences too more clearly. And that's been kind of odd. And we've been together a long time. Yeah. You feel that, but it's kind of like that having the difference about she didn't have any of that enough stuff growing up. I had all of that. So she doesn't really understand that enough stuff. She always had parents that provided very easily for her in some ways. And so that's been interesting. You know, I'm a New Yorker. I'm kind of a straight shooter, that kind of thing. She hears things differently. I've always been somebody who's been able to tell others what I want and and to learn how to tell really say what I want like figuring out what I want and just getting it so it's been sort of a growing period for us after like 17 years so yeah what's that right away in China you know they were talking about this is the highest divorce rate ever in the history of the Chinese you know and it's sort of like you either will get to know each other and like each other more or go okay that's enough then I don't know pretty good Pretty good. You guys got to see. I have a friend that just posted, she's a realtor, and she just posted, like, after this, you're tired of the people you live with. Call me. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, that was a great post for a realtor. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, it's really kind of, for me, it's really uh, reaffirmed that I I like living alone. Yeah. uh, I like sort of inviting people into my space and then having them go. Yes. Exactly. Where you get full. You get full of everyone there, they leave, and you get full of yourself again. <laughs> no, you do. Perfect way of saying it. I used to be much more social, and I don't need that as much anymore. Um, I like it, but I don't need it as much. And, uh, you know, having little backyard kind of get togethers with one or two people is. And a bubble. The little bubbles that we're having. Well, I think. Part of that for me has been in the recovery that I went through is that being enough, being enough that I liked myself, that I could be with myself and be okay with that. That was a huge learning curve for me. I like how you said that. That's perfect. Liking myself, it's being enough. So as I work on having fullness and having enough, it is to like myself, which which is a challenge. I'm, you know, you know, I'm kind of on that journey sometimes about, oh, I don't look this way. I don't have this way, you know, and that's hard. That is a challenge, but it's a constant journey, you know, sort of checking in. But I like the card in that it encourages me to slow down, to really know what it's like physically to feel full, but also to address the emotional, the intellectual, spiritual fullness and what is it? And ask about it and ask others about it and require it of the people that I love. Require that they're open to me, whether it's my kids or my wife or my friends. Asking. And it's not just the New Yorker. Oh, she knows how to ask what you want. No, she doesn't always know how to ask what you want. Well, that is a beautiful place to end on because that it just really spoke a lot to what we're talking about. And I wonder if you will read the last part that today I will practice. Today I will practice tuning into my body and listening to the subtle cues of fullness. When eating, I will ask myself, am I satisfied? 
do I want more? And can I stop now? I will notice what fullness feels like in my body. Yes. We can feel what fullness feels like in our body, mind, and soul, and heart, in ourselves, always, about everything, that there is enough. And thank you so much for being here today and talking to us. Thank you for listening. And be sure and follow me on Patreon, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and it's not about food.com. Thanks.